Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. I want to say thank you to our team again and uh, really, really grateful for a chance to, to be able to worship together and to do things like our trial dedication. Again, if you're here, thanks bro. If you're here uh, for the first time or maybe you're tuning in online, we want to say a special hello to you. Uh, we, uh, we really, you know, look forward to meeting more of you maybe uh, here in, in person. We're excited to kind of encourage you and to help you and you've already heard a lot of people say, uh, you know, this Advent season. But this morning I want to begin a series and I want to tell you something that happened to me this year uh, right around my birthday. Uh, I know, uh, you know, some of you are wondering, Dom looks younger today. He looks like, you know, some of you, yeah. Some of you are getting, a, you should wear a shirt, you should wear a tie. None of that nonsense, okay. Uh, that, that this past uh, year during my birthday, I decided to do something, which is I sat down at my desk and I thought I'm going to write like a little Christmas book for our church. And I just started writing and I thought, whose crazy idea was this? Why would I ever do this? It's so much work, you know? But I, I kept at it and I kept working on this little guide and a little book. And so I feel like I've been living in the Christmas story for a long time. And I thought about that because I think there's some people who, who if they could, you know people like this, they would like have Christmas music playing all year. You know people like that? Yeah, so that, that, that's me, all right. So I want to begin with, with a quote that is probably going to offend some of you to kind of help you think about Christmas in a different way this season. And it's actually a quote that's in this little ebook that I wrote. It's not an ebook, but a real book that we hope to have copies for in a few weeks. But it's, it's a quote that made me think about how important it is to live in the season of Christmas the way we get it in the Bible, okay? To really let the Bible shape the rhythm of Christmas in us And, and when this doesn't happen, I think what often happens is we feel the pressures of like Christmas, but get into the Christmas spirit. You should like be more festive. You, and actually, we actually have a symbol for people who don't do that right away. They're called what? A Grinch. Exactly. Like you're not festive enough. You know, you're not, you're not happy enough. You should be more joyful. But there's this quote I want to read. And if you get offended, the reason you're offended at this quote is because it's true. The, the quote is true. So let me read for you. There is no more dangerous or disgusting habit than that of celebrating Christmas before it comes. Yeah? Some of you are like, oh, I hate this church. This church is believing the gospel. Uh, so I, I want to tell you why this quote is so important. It's so important because it reminds us that one of the most essential things about Christmas, the way we learn about it in the Bible, is not just to be in the Christmas spirit. It's not just to buy gifts. It's not just to be festive. It's not just to do all those things, which, by the way, are good things. They're beautiful things. And I, I love some of those things. This year, I actually started playing Christmas music even a little bit earlier. I know, some of you are shocked because you think I'm a Grinch, but I'm not. I just started just a little bit earlier. My kids are like, I hate this. But it's like, I, I want to remind you that part of what we learn when we slow down to celebrate what we call as Advent, which is a season to prepare us for Christmas, is we learn an essential biblical idea. And I want to tell you it. It's really important you remember this for the whole season of Advent. That Christmas is something we all not only need to prepare for, But it's something that we can't make come sooner. 
We live in a culture where we can, we can almost control when things happen because we decide when they happen. We can decide when we're going to plan certain things. We can almost schedule everything. And there's something about Christmas where God says to us, you need to prepare yourself and I will decide when I come. And that drives us crazy in our world. Like imagine somebody telling you that they're coming over to your house to visit you and they don't tell you when. You're like, but when are you coming? Well, I'll decide when I'm ready to show up. You'll be like, is it like on the weekend? Like, well, I don't know. Is it like in the morning? Can I prepare like some food? Is it at night? Well, I'm not sure. You just prepare yourself and I'll show up. You feel the anxiety? You're like, oh my goodness, these are weird people. We are governed by the scheduling of preparing and planning. And that's not a bad thing. You know, we, we can do that. But we also want to know when are you, you going to come? When is this going to happen? And at Christmas, God is starting to teach his people and us, you cannot decide when I come. All you could do is prepare. And so Advent is the season where we begin to develop this awareness that God calls us to prepare ourselves for what he's about to do. Now, I want to tell you a very simple principle that all of you believe. I believe this. I, you know, everybody you know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to believe in God to believe this, but you believe this, is that we always prepare for things that we care about. How many of you agree? Right? We prepare when we care. You like that? I thought about it. Just, I thought some of you are going to like it. I, I feel like I hope you're smiling because I'm back to seeing you with masks and it's throwing me off. I'm like, please tell me you're happy. Some of you are happy. Right? We prepare when we care. We always prepare when we care. You remember your first date? Whew. Preparing, shower, hair, clothes, prepare that. Remember your first interview, your first job interview? Oh, I was nervous. It's preparing. How many of you are people put the clothes out in advance? You prepare the clothes the night before? Remember, you prepare in advance. We always prepare for things that we care about. And then we have something in us that says the things we don't care about, we don't really prepare for. We don't really care. You know, this is, for husbands, you might like this. I do this when my wife asks me to do stuff that I don't want to do. I kind of like, she's like, hey, babe, would you maybe do that and take care of that for us? Like, check that for me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, I'll get to it. What I'm saying is like, I don't really care and I'm not, like, I'll do it when I get to it, if I ever get to it. Some of you are married to people like that. Don't worry. We have classes coming up in the new year for that kind of stuff. Because we can, we prepare when we care. And when we don't care, we kind of get to it when we want. And this happens to us in our lives all the time. And when we get to this Christmas story, when we begin to hear about the rumblings of God doing something that we could never be ready for, the message of the Bible is consistently, hey, hey, you need to prepare yourselves. Because we know what it's like to live in a world that tells us, hey, prepare yourself for things that you care about. But at Christmas, God says, I want you to pay attention to whether you even care about what I'm going to do at Christmas. And a sign that you care about what I'm going to do is that you prepare yourselves for this. Over the past few weeks, my house has been a bit of a, like, elf, Santa elf shop. My wife is making trees. Kids are yelling. We're breaking things. I'm losing my mind. Like, you know, just biblical stuff. It was beautiful, right? And so you know, we're trying to be in the festive spirit and joyful, and we're yelling, and we're like, ah, oh, this is good. And my kids come up to me periodically. These past few weeks, they would say, like, Dad, when is December 1st? And I'm thinking, December 1st, I don't know, it's soon. Like, I mean, check your phone or whatever. And they kept coming. I'm like, oh, well, when does December 1st come, Dad? Like, what's time? I'm thinking they have something at school or something. And then I said to my wife, this is amazing. The kids are already excited for Advent. I said, hon, you've done such a great job. Like, you're preparing them with the trees, and they can't wait. And, and one day I say to them, I said, why do you guys keep asking me, like, what December 1st is for? They're like, Dad, come on. December 1st is the next chapter of Fortnite. That's when it comes out. 
We failed as parents. Sorry, Natasha and Ralph, we cannot help you. There's nothing we can do to help you as a church. If you don't know what Fortnite is, you probably live in a bunker. Your internet doesn't work. But Fortnite is a billion-dollar machine, okay? And my kids play it. I try to play it. It's too hard to play if you're old like me. But, you know, it, it's a gaming thing. And I realized they pre- they're preparing for the next chapter of Fortnite because they care. We all prepare when we care. And in the midst of that overwhelming pressure to care for the wrong things, Christmas and Advent is that pre-Christmas time where God says to us, hey, what are the things that you care about? Do you care enough to prepare for what I'm about to do now? Because if you don't, trust me, there's other things you'll, you'll prepare for. I will. My kids are preparing. People are preparing. I need to set stuff. And so in all of that stuff, which is good things maybe, that we would this season say there's some things we need to prepare before anything else is to prepare ourselves to hear the story and the message of Christmas in a new way. Because we don't get to decide when God comes. He decides when he's going to come. He says to us, you prepare yourself. And so I want to tell you where this idea of Advent comes from. If Advent is new for you, you might be shocked because it's not a word you see in the Bible. You, you know, a lot of people get uncomfortable with that. They're like, Advent, you know, I don't believe in that. It's not in the Bible. I often tell people like the Trinity is not in the Bible either, but we believe that, right? There's things we believe and it's pieced together by the, by the rhythm or the patterns we see in the Bible. Advent is really shaped by a pattern that we notice in the Bible that we see from the prophets. Now, if you've never read the prophets and you don't know where they are, they're, they're a book of writings. We have major prophets and minor prophets who write and they give us this pattern that they notice in the people of God and they invite us to pray based on a pattern that God is at work in his people. So I want to tell you that pattern. I'm going to give you this pattern. So if you remember Advent, think of the rhythm of this pattern. You can just go to it because Advent is the time where we prepare with expectation by doing three important things. You can go to the slide and, and here they are. It's waiting, praying, and longing. This is the rhythm that we get when we read the prophets of Israel as they were waiting for God to do something new, as they were praying to surrender their lives to God because they had been disobedient, and then as they paid attention to the things they were really longing for. All of us know the feeling of longing for the wrong things. All of us know the feeling and the pressures of like not wanting to wait or not having to wait. Now, I I want you to look at these things. Like which one of these is one that you might slow down enough this Advent to think about? I'm good at waiting when I'm forced to wait. You ever do this? Like, you know, when you're in traffic, you're like, I'm just waiting, but I wouldn't choose to wait. Advent is the season where we choose to wait where we could just move on and do something else, but we choose to wait and listen to God telling us to prepare ourselves. Nobody I know chooses to wait by themselves. We're like, it's a waste of time. Why would you wait when you could just go? I'm the worst at this. I'm even when I'm driving and there's a lane that's faster. You do this? Maybe as a car is swerving, it's usually me, so just pray for whoever that is. It's usually me. And then at the end, you're next to the car that was there just behind you, and I'm like, oh, Okay, I'm learning, I'm learning. We don't choose to wait. Advent is the season where we decide we're going to wait. We're going to wait to listen. We're going to wait to remind ourselves that God governs our lives by a different rhythm 
It doesn't govern our lives by the rhythm of, our, of, of the world or, you know, the next sale or boxing day or this or that. There's all these rhythms in us, right? The next show. No, no, no. We're going to intentionally choose to wait. It's one of the hardest things to learn, to choose to wait. Everything in us says, no, no, let's just get this done. Let's move on. And I meet people throughout the years who even are Christians are like, well, just let's get, just let's get to Christmas. Let's just get there because I have so many things I got to worry about. And then we get Advent, which is like, we got to wait. But just think about it. all Christmas happens at least while everybody's waiting for a baby to be born. You know how long that takes? You know, a while. <laughs> you got to wait. You just got to wait. And there's a waiting that's done with the sense of expectation that God is at work. Now, in the prophets, we see this rhythm. We've actually prayers and things that the prophets say to remind the people when they thought waiting was a joke. Let me read one of the prophets, Prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah talks about people saying like waiting. Come on, let's just do this. This is what he says. Woe to those who draw sin along in cords of deceit. To those who say, let God hurry, let God hurry. Let him hasten his work so that we may see it. The plan of the Holy One. You can go to the slide. The plan of the Holy One of Israel. Let it approach. Let it come into view so that we may know it. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Hurry up and do something. We want to see what you can do. The prophet says there's some people that are pretending to wait, but in their hearts, they're like, God should just do something. Like, we're going to do what we're going to want anyway. And the prophet says those are people who in their own eyes have decided what they're going to do. They're not even waiting on God. And if they're not waiting, they're not praying, they're not preparing. They're just like, let's just get over this. You know, just to be honest, there are times in the life of my journey following Jesus that I've just wanted Christmas to just come. Like, I'm like, let's just get to it. That's so, so draining. Oh, my goodness. We got to do this. We got to prepare this. The kids that, and gifts for the teachers, the kids for that. And what about the pastor? If we don't get him a gift, he's going to get offended. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then, <laughs> jokes. It's just jokes. Okay. No, but, but all these things, right? We, we feel that. And, and then we, in our hearts, we're like, let's just get, just get it done. The prophet Isaiah says there were people who pretended to prepare and wait, but they thought they were mocking God. They thought that God didn't know that their hearts weren't really to prepare for the things that God wanted to do. Their hearts were to pretend to prepare. And they just wanted to move on, go on to the next thing. One of the things I want to tell you that's so important, that as we learn to wait and as we learn to pray, Advent provides us this very unique gift and I'm going to tell you what the gift is. It's a central gift. That Advent is that time where we prepare ourselves to remember that there's some things that only God can give us. In a world where we can get everything, Advent is a time where we remember in our waiting that there's certain things that only God can give to you. I have it on a slide and you can see it. Advent is the practice. You can go to the slide. It's this practice almost. When with those who prepare learn to admit there are some things that only God can give. You know how many times as a husband I've talked to my wife and I've prayed a prayer to say, babe, there's some things that only God can give you. One of the greatest things we can teach our parents is to learn to tell their kids when they're young, hey, hey buddy, listen, you know you have all this junk, but there's some things only God can give you. There's some things that I can't give you. There's some things that no one around you can give you. When you're young, you're like, if I find the right person, if I get the right job, then I'll have all those things. No, Advent is the time where God says, you better prepare yourself because I'm about to give you something that only I can give you. No one else can give you this. All you can do is what? Prepare. 
All you can do is prepare and be honest that you've learned to trust in all these other things and not realize that there's something about who you are that is only made whole when you realize that there's only something that I can give you. Do you believe that? This week I had a moment where I thought, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I was watching TV with my wife, watching some cheesy show, and there was a commercial, you know, what to buy a man who has everything. And she looked at me, you see? You see, that's you. And I was thinking about this, you know, or what to buy a woman that has everything this season. What to buy kids who have everything. All those things. I thought, what a sad commercial. That we live in a world where I can buy myself everything. You know what that means? I don't need any of you. I also don't need my wife or my kids or the church or friends. I don't need anyone. I can just buy whatever I want. At Christmas, we tell ourselves that that is a lie of this world. There are things you're going to need that you cannot buy for yourself. There are things you're going to need that only God can give you that will begin to help you understand his wholeness and his healing in a world where it's like, you know what, I could really just get everything I want myself. Like, I don't need anything. I'm learning that in my own life to say there are some things that only my wife can help me learn as I trust God more. One of the greatest gifts we are going to give the next generation is to teach them there are some things your parents cannot give you. There are some things your friends cannot, there's some things no one in the world can give you. And Advent is that time where we prepare because God says, hey, 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 something's about to happen now where you're going to learn that as you wait and as you pray and as you prepare yourself, I'm about to give you something that only I can give you. Only I can give you. If you've never prayed this prayer for your kids or for your family, you can start praying it this year. Start praying this Advent. God, help me to remind my kids that there's some things only you can give them. Help me to remind my wife or my husband that there's some things, God, only you can do in them. Help me to do this with people around me. Not, not in an annoying way, but to say, hey, I'm a limited person and I don't have the kind of resources that heal people. Only God can do that. At Advent, we slow down to prepare for what only God can give us. And the prophet Isaiah will use similar language. Let me read you this. It's one of my favorite passages in all of Isaiah. This is what he says. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Isn't that like beautiful? If you're reading this passage, you know, come and buy, but you don't have money. Like, we'd be like what is that? This makes no sense. It's Isaiah trying to say, you understand what's about to happen? That as God starts to work, there are those that are mocking God and not waiting and not preparing and not paying attention. And then there are those who understand that there's something that they need that only God can give them that their money cannot buy. This is a season maybe for you where you've been like searching and trying to maybe get through COVID and be happy and experience wholeness and experience joy. And maybe today you're going to begin on this first week of Advent to say, God, this has got to be my prayer, this Advent that I need something from you. I need you to draw me to a place where you can fill me with something that I cannot buy. I don't even know how to find this. Advent is where we slow down to prepare to say, God, only you have the things that I need. Only you can restore some things that I've been carrying, some things that I've been worried about, some things I'm concerned about. You know, if you ask people in the ancient world what it was that they wish God would give them, that no one else would give them. If you ask them that, think about that. 
Somebody asked you, what's something that you wish God would give you that you know no one else can give you? Think about what that is. Don't tell anyone, just think about it in your mind. All of us have different things. We want God to do something in us that no one else can give us. Maybe for you it's to feel significant, to feel appreciated, to feel peace, to be left alone just for a bit. Not to be lonely, but to experience a solitude where God is there. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, I'm done with being alone. COVID's killing me. I just need people. Like, I don't know. It depends. But almost everybody in the Bible times, as they're moving towards Christmas, as they're experiencing this sense of advent, of preparation, all of them would say that there's one thing all of us are waiting for God to give us that no one can give us. You need to remember this. What I'm going to tell you next is so important. All of them would say we are waiting to experience God's forgiveness. All of them. All of the story of the prophets and all of the readings of the minor prophets were the people of God who'd been living in exile because they had been disobedient and they thought they can live life on their terms. And now they're waiting for God to do something and they're waiting and they're praying and they're preparing and they're paying attention to all these longings in their hearts that are not good longings sometimes. We just want a king. We just want our lives to get better. We just want things to get fixed. And they know there's one thing. There's one sign that would be a sign that God is at work again that they would start to see signs of God's forgiveness all around them. I think about this conversation I had with a family years ago, and it had to do with the holiday season, and uh, there was real tension in this family. There was like three families involved, real infighting, cheating, lying about money. Nothing that happens today anymore, but it would happen a long time ago. And so these families were arguing, and I met with them individually, then they met together again, and we prayed, and we tried to sort out, and you know, we just asked for God's wisdom in that moment. And I said, what would be a sign that things are getting better? in your family. And almost all of them agreed that we could have Christmas dinner together. I never forgot that moment, that there's something about coming to a meal and breaking bread that is a symbol of things being restored. Now, maybe not resolved, not, you know, all fixed, but there's a sense that if we go into another's home and we eat there with them, there's a a sign that forgiveness is at work. We still, I think, experience that a bit today in our lives. We feel that a little bit with each other. This is why one of the most beautiful things that Jesus will start to do as he comes with people is he'll meet them and he'll have a meal with them. This is why in the prophets, when we start to hear of God starting to forgive his people, he says, come and eat. It's this image of a banquet, of like that when you start to eat together, that is a sign to you that God is beginning to restore and to heal and to forgive the sins of the past. Some of you are living right now in this in a very real way, you're still carrying the sins of the past. You're still carrying some regrets that happened a long time ago. You're still worried about whether the things you did are going to impact your kids in the future and their lives are going to be ruined because of choices you made. Imagine all of the prophets are feeling the weight of that. Parents, grandparents, the prophets will say, don't be proud like your grandparents. Don't have a hard heart like they did. And they were waiting. Advent is like, hey, is this the season? Is this the time where God's going to forgive us? It's just that time. I want you to remember at the beginning of this first week of Advent that as we wait and as we pray and as we pay attention to the things we're longing for, we understand that we need to prepare ourselves to understand God's forgiveness in our lives. 
This is really strange for us because we're like, well, I don't really know. Like, I'm not a bad person. I can't think of something I need to ask for forgiveness for right now. Forgiveness is this idea like up in the sky, like we don't really realize that well. But I want to show you just a minute before I wrap up how forgiveness is right there at the beginning of all of the story of Christmas. That we're told that the rhythm of the prophets of Advent, prepare yourselves. Prepare if you care. Prepare if you understand that there's something only God can give you. Prepare yourself. This is what we're told at the beginning of Mark's introduction to Christmas. You might even notice the name of a prophet in the writing. It says this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. This is the beginning of Christmas. If you open your Bible and start with Mark, this is what he says. He says, hey, some of you know about Isaiah, right? You know about the prophets, that they were telling you about this rhythm for you to be stubborn, for you not to prepare, for you to think that you can mock God. You know that? So let's go back to the prophet Isaiah. And let us remind you that someone is going to come who's going to help you prepare yourself for what it is God is about to do. Now, some of you maybe know this, but the person that God is going to send is not Jesus right away. It's John, that we call John the Baptist. And next week, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about him, and I share a bit about John as a really important person. But John is going to invite people to start to prepare themselves and to pay attention for the things that God is starting to do in their midst. You know, this year, one of the great joys that I've had as a pastor, in the, midst, in the midst of a very difficult year, is to see God at work in many of your lives. I've seen many of you grow up this year. I've seen many of you learn to trust Jesus just a little bit more. I've seen many of you recommit the sense of wanting to make the church and the life of God in the scriptures central to your family. I've seen this. You started to prepare yourself. You're like, we can't make God come, and we can't make him do it, but we can prepare ourselves. We can long for the right things. And John comes not just as a, to help a few people, but as a symbol of saying, you must prepare yourselves. You must prepare yourselves to see what it looks like when God starts to forgive you. When God starts to show you that his forgiveness and his love has been there all along. Now you went through difficulties, you went through challenges, but his forgiveness is starting to unfold. And just watch what happens when he comes in a way you do not prepare. I'm convinced that this year, None of us, none of us will find a Christmas card or get a Christmas card that says, Merry Christmas, God is forgiving your sins. They won't. What will say? Merry Christmas, go get him. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, the, the, Mark says all you need to understand, like, that if you're not preparing yourself for this, you're not going to understand what's happening. And yet all of us know the feeling that most of us we just, we're just moving on because we don't know what to do with Advent. It's like weird. How long do we have to wait? Like we're intentionally waiting? How, why? Because you have to prepare. You have to prepare yourself for this one. All of us prepare when we care. Mark says that John who comes is not coming to see you at your house. The one who's coming, who's the, the messenger, he's not just coming to visit you where you work. He's not just coming to... Uh, see you when it's convenient for you. He's waiting for you in the wilderness. You go to him. Do you know how many people would be like, get the heck out of here. Are you kidding me? I'm not even getting up early to go to church. I'm not going anywhere. I just hope I can turn on YouTube and watch a preacher I like. 
This is crazy. John's like, you understand that one of the signs of you preparing is for you to be inconvenienced a little bit? So get up and go to the wilderness. The wilderness is this biblical image for being at the outside of the city. It's like if you live in the West Island, right? Like nobody goes out there, right? It's the parts of the city that's like they're almost on the way out, like whatever. That's the wilderness. The wilderness is the outskirts, but this is important. The wilderness is also the entrance to the city when a new king comes. This is the great image of, the, of Christmas, is that the ones who are on the outside of the city are waiting, and John's like, I'm going to be out in the wilderness waiting. You guys come join me there. And look at what John says as he introduces this moment of like, are, did you prepare yourself? Are you ready? Have you been preparing? Have you been waiting? I mean, this is what he says. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for what? The forgiveness of sins. You never get to Christmas without that. You can't go around. There's no way around it. That at Christmas and at Advent, we have to deal with the fact that God says, I am the one that's about to give you something that you can never get on your own. I am the one who's going to show you what forgiveness looks like, what healing looks like looks like. This drives us crazy sometimes because we don't, we have our such a different view of forgiveness. Like I meet people all the time that it's like, I just want to forgive myself. I'm like, listen, if you're a Christian, you can't do that. Just start with that. Okay. I know what they mean. I know what people say when they say that. Like, I just want to move on. I feel stuck. It's true. But all forgiveness that we deal with begins with understanding that we have been forgiven first and that God has done something in us that allows us now to be able to experience forgiveness and to share forgiveness with others. You know what? It took me 10 years to figure out that Christmas was connected to forgiveness. You know why? Because I never did Advent. And you know why? I never read the Bible. I just read some cards and got into the mood and played, I don't know, Feliz Navidad, and then we moved on. But we are committed to helping you grow up and to prepare and to listen and to wait and to know that Jesus comes with a gift. Many gifts, by the way, but one gift in particular. That is from the days of old. When if you ask the people, what's one thing you want to see God do? He must forgive us and our parents before us. He must, or we will never be able to understand his love. He must set us free. Jesus comes. Can I tell you the last thing? If you're still with me and you just want to go just a little bit deeper, okay? Just somebody sleeping next to you, just say, hey, hey, hey. Just a touch done and we're done. We're going to pray. We're going to get you. When Jesus heals people, and he begins his ministry. Sometimes before he heals people, you know what he says to them? Hey, your sins are forgiven. And then he heals them. It'll throw you off every time. You're like, wait a second. Nobody asked for forgiveness. What's Jesus doing? He's saying, you know what Isaiah said. You know that me coming is connected to God now having forgiven you and beginning to do something in your midst that you could have never done for yourself. The wilderness we got to kind of go where God's saying us to go. we got to prepare ourselves because good things can come from the wilderness. Good things come from places that seem on the outskirts. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite you this year to take the prophet Isaiah seriously, to wait intentionally, to pray with a deep sense of surrender, and to ask God to reveal to you what are the things you really long for, the things that you think will make you happy that will never satisfy. And to ask God to, to reveal to you the things that only he could give you. There are one group of people in the Bible who don't do any of these things. 
They do not wait on God. They do not pray. They do not long for the things of God. They are the ones that yell at Jesus when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Every time the Pharisees hear Jesus say, your sins are forgiven, they will say to him, hey, 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 you have no right to forgive people's sins. And Jesus is like, you never celebrated Advent, did you? He didn't say that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he, he said, what do you mean? If you would have heard what the prophet said, you would understand that the banquets and me eating with sinners is the great image of me being a God who's beginning to forgive and love and draw near and the gift that only I could give my people. And now I'm here to show them what that looks like. I'm going to have you stand. And I'm just going to close with a, a really personal story. And it happened a few years ago when uh, my wife and I were living in Waterloo. And we were living in Waterloo. I was pastoring out there. And for a, a period of time, a few months, she had these horrible pains in her belly. And I was like, kind of weird. They would go away. They would come back up and down. And, you know, you're just like, I I'm not sure what to do as a husband. You feel a little bit powerless. You're like, we're going to go to the doctor. And one day I remember the pain got so, so bad. It was horrible. You know, so we rushed to the hospital. We went there. We sat in a room. They gave her some medicine. We just waited. You know, and we just, I don't know. It maybe was a few hours, but it felt like, like five days. Quebec style. And so... Uh, some of you got that as a joke. Okay. Uh, and, and we're waiting, and a doctor comes in to see us, and, and the doctor says, congratulations. And we're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you have the wrong room. Like my wife's, like, wife's going to kill you and me, bro. <laughs> you know, he's like, no, like, didn't they tell you? Like, tell us what? Like, you guys are pregnant. You're having a baby. And we're like, what? Really? They're like, yeah. And then the doctor began to explain to us the type of pregnancy that Bev had experienced with our first son was one of the most painful experiences that some women have as part of that type of pregnancy. And I remember feeling this tension of not knowing what to, what to feel. Am I supposed to be happy, sad? Is it going to get worse? All these feelings. And it made me think of the fact that sometimes some of the greatest gifts that come to us come through a tunnel of pain, through a season of painful regret and looking and feeling in the language of the wilderness of you kind of are going to have to feel what it's like that maybe you've been in the wilderness and you felt the wilderness and God is at work and he's about to do something that only he can do even in the pain. Something good is about to come now. This Advent, as we begin, I'm going to invite all of us to commit to making this time very, very sacred to make it a commitment to be here, to learn with us, because nobody out there is telling you Christmas is about God's forgiveness. Nobody out there is preparing you to slow down, to listen to God say, hey, wait now. Wait and watch. There's things I'm going to do that only I can do for you this Christmas. And if you're here this morning and you're carrying a burden that you thought God could never forgive, let me just tell you, God is at work setting people free as Advent comes, God is beginning to move pieces in ways that people who could not have children are having children. People who thought they were shepherds and nobody cared about them. Angels are visiting them. All the things that you thought maybe were signs of God not loving you. Maybe this is the year that you begin to sense God saying, I'm here and I care about you. And I know that some of the things you want, you're not sure why they're not coming together, but there are some things that only I can give you. So wait now and see what I do. We prepare when we care. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the prophets. We thank you for the scriptures and the way we can hear the writings that were meant to form your people. 
We're so grateful for the ways that the Bible presents to us, the preparation you invited your people into, the way you're inviting us now, to remind ourselves that the rush of the season would keep us from caring about the right things. I pray for everyone in this room. I pray that they would, throughout the week, sense your Spirit's prompting to wait intentionally, to pray in a way where they pay attention to the things that they're longing for. I pray you would forgive us for the times that we long for things that are not aligned with your ways. I pray you would forgive us as individuals, as families, as a church, when we're not paying attention to the things that you long to do. I pray that as we prepare this year, we would begin to see the way your forgiveness weaves itself into our lives, into the most broken things around us, our relationships. And that that would mean that there's a kind of healing that we will experience this Christmas in a way that we never have before. For those that we know, Father, who maybe don't even understand Christmas, I pray that you would use us in a conversation, over a meal, over just a chat online, the technology of connecting on YouTube, to begin to remind people that maybe Christmas is about something more than what we once thought. And to really understand that, we must prepare ourselves. So help us to do that by your spirit this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're really uh, grateful for taking the time to be with us, especially if you're visiting and you came for the dedication. Special welcome to you. Hey, for tuning in online, we're always grateful to connect with that tool as well. Hey, for, for parents with young kids, let me just remind you very, very quickly, the pickup today is indoors, just in the middle section here, not outside. It's just very cold. So just remember, masks on. Let's keep our distance. And uh, if you'd like to talk to someone, please come see us or even just to begin to learn how to pray with someone. We do have a team here that is in our prayer space and is always available. God bless everyone. See you soon.